Today is July 28th, 2022. We just received notice this morning that the economy contracted about 1%, 0.9%, uh, in the fir- in the second quarter, of course, we had contracted 1.7% in the first quarter. And that means that in a normal world, we'd be in a recession. But yet the Federal Reserve Board uh, Chairman Jerome Powell, Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen are all saying, no, no, the, um, the uh, wages are too high and the labor market's too strong for us to be in a recession. Also, they don't name recessions, the NBER does, and they're notoriously slow to call it when we're in a recession. So as I tell you frequently, if you wait for the headlines, it's too late to protect yourself, but are we in a recession or not? Do you have to worry about these two quarters of contraction? Um, Should you be getting defensive, offensive, both in terms of real estate as well as stocks? We're gonna talk about all that and more, and we're gonna do a cross comparison between what happened in the Great Recession and of course, what the powers of be were saying about it at the time and today. And you're going to see a lot of similarities. So I think it's pretty important to let the past educate us a little bit on how the future might unfold. Okay, we'll be getting started momentarily. Remember, you can watch this back at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. You can access the podcast at nataliepace.com. Just click on the Apple podcast and share it with your friends. All right, we'll be getting started shortly. Hey. All right, so let's start with the comparisons between today and what happened in the most recent recession that was real. I mean, the pandemic was real, but it was kind of like a a bad dream that ended very quickly when we printed up 5 trillion in cash and gave it out to everybody who could move, including corporations that were struggling and really, um, you know, not going to have much hope of, uh, of any revenue in the early days of the recession uh, pandemic. And also individuals, you know, we had a freeze on um, eviction moratoriums, we had a freeze on foreclosures, we had all these things that were happening that were very abnormal. That's not going to happen this time. So we kind of want to go back to the Great Recession and see if there are any lessons to be learned. And there are. I'm entitling this one a series of unfortunate events because that's how recessions tend to unfold. If you, this is the headline, if you wait for the powers to be to say we're in a recession, that's usually really close to the bottom. I'm going to give you just a quick timeline of the Great Recession. The high, October of 2007, the low, March of 2009, and when the Treasury Department finally admitted that we might be in trouble, actually, they didn't admit it to the public, they ran over to Congress on September, I think it was 18th or 19th, Hank Paulson said, boy, you better bail us out or we're going to have $5.5 trillion disappear and the whole financial system freeze up. So that was closer to the bottom, September 18th, mid-September of 2008. The bottom was March of 2009. By that time, the markets had already slid about 45%, maybe even a little bit more. The bottom, the Dow had dropped 55%. So again, if you wait for the powers that be to say we're officially in a recession, 
then you could be in real trouble because by the time that happens, the markets have already fallen. The bear market comes before the recession announcement, and sometimes a long time before. So again, the high was October of 2007, the bottom March 2009, and the admission that we were really in trouble, September of 2008, after 45% of market losses. All right. Uh, I want to show you some of the comparisons of these series of unfortunate events, but I think there's one other important thing that you need to know is that when you combine a, re a recession or a weak economy with overpriced assets, that's when you get outsized, what we would call outsized declines and longer periods of crawling back to even. So right now, again, this chart that I just showed you, this is the Buffett indicator. It's Warren Buffett's favorite tool for valuing stocks. Here we are today. Stocks have come down a little bit, but they are still very far overvalued, way more overvalued than the Great Recession and the dot-com recession when people were saying that the market was overvalued. In the dot-com, the NASDAQ Composite Index lost 78% top to bottom. So if you had a million dollars, it went down to $220,000 and it took 15 years to crawl back to even. In the Great Recession, the Dow lost 55%. It took about seven years to come back. So it's really important to make sure that you have a strategy that protects your wealth when the markets go way down and allows you to participate when they go up. We do have that strategy, so hang on tight. Won't take us that long to get through some of the comparisons that we have today versus Great Recession and the dot-com recession. So one of them is that stocks are still way overvalued, even with the slight pullback that we've seen. Another one is that we have a strong labor market. And as you can see, that was the case before the Great Recession and before the dot-com recession, it's actually very common before recessions to have a strong labor market, okay? Now, almost everything that you can see that was going on in the dot-com and the Great Recession is happening now, but on steroids. So the assets were pricey, but they're way more pricey than now. And, uh, you know, unemployment was low. Now, one big difference as well is that now we have inflation. So whereas in the Great Recession and the dot-com recession, they cut interest rates to boost the economy and get it going again, we are increasing interest rates. And what that means is that you have to worry about what's happening on the safe side. Because on the safe side, you actually could have assets like bonds that are illiquid and negative yielding or uh, insurance policies or annuities that could be in trouble because they're not FDIC insured or money market funds that have redemption gates and liquidity fees. So when we have a recession that can hit the banks really hard, and in fact, that's the way it started in the Great Recession. It started with the mortgage banks. So I wanted to show you that mortgage banks are indeed today really suffering as well. So here's the timeline of the Great Recession. Here are mortgage banks, the mortgage bank stock report card. So you can see here that
all of these different mortgage providers outside of Redfin, which is showing outsized year-over-year sales growth, are really, really losing revenue fast. And they all have, most of them, have very, very high debt. That was the case in uh, before the Great Recession. In fact, the first thing that started happening before the Great Recession was that we saw mortgage banks failing. And that started happening as early as April of 2007, okay? And then what we saw was that the Dow went ahead and went on to an all-time high. So October of 2007 was the all-time high, even though we saw a boatload of bankruptcies in the mortgage banking sector as early as April of 2007. Um, Then we saw Countrywide get swallowed up by Bank of America in January of 2008. A lot of people didn't notice that. Then they did notice Bear Stearns, March 16th of 2008. The markets dropped about 17%. We still were not technically in a recession yet. So let's take a quick look at that chart. So technically in March, when we saw Bear Stearns have such weakness of 2008, we were still growing. Okay, the second quarter had really decent GDP growth of 2008. So you weren't going to see it in the GDP report, but you certainly heard about it in the headlines. Now, another thing that happened, uh, again, remember, it's a series of unfortunate events. We still haven't been called that it's a recession in 2008, but we saw Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. September 15th, we saw AIG get bailed out. September 16th, we may have, if we were paying close attention to the political sources like Washington Post, Politico, et cetera, we may have seen that Hank Paulson had gone to Congress asking for at least 5.5 trillion in TARP to bail out the banking system, even though two days before he had been quoted as saying, our banking system is safe. Um, there's a, 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 a you know, a Associated Press. In fact, I can show you that video in just a moment. So again, the powers that be are not going to admit, partly it's because they want to try to fix things behind the scenes before we have the worst of it happen. But what we have seen is that printing up trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars has uh, resulted in a debt world. And that debt world has two problems. One of the first major problems is that, again, the safe side is not that safe, so you have to really know how to get safe. But the other problem, as we talked about, is that when you borrow cheaply, that creates asset bubbles. So we also have asset bubbles in our stock market still, even with the pullback and in real estate. So um, both of these things are great kind of now. They're not that fantastic, but people do feel like they have some wealth. They have, a lot of people feel like they have home equity wealth or they might still feel like they have a lot uh, very wealthy in their retirement plans because the market pullback is only you know still less than 20%. However, Now's the time when you want to make sure that you keep all that money, right? That you really are adhering to keeping a percent equal to your age safe. We are overweighting safe based on the risk of the recession. So here's what the 
it looks like now and here's what it looked like compared to then. So here's the Bureau of Economic Analysis. This is today's report. And again, it did come in negative slightly. So if we are going back and we're comparing it to the Great Recession, Again, in the, um, you know, the first quarter, the fourth quarter of 2007, the first quarter of 2008, barely any growth at all. Yeah, I mean, that's like math helping it to be growth and not a recession. And then a really strong 2Q and then of course the recession. So are we going to have another contraction in the third quarter or the fourth quarter? Or are we gonna actually end up with 1.7% GDP on the year? That's not much. And it is expected to go down next year by a lot of the economists. This is the conference board predictions. I think it's right, hold on, right here. So there's the conference board believes that next year will slow to 0.5% and that maybe the, our quote unquote mild recession will happen next year. So again, what you want to do is not to try to time when exactly the quote unquote recession will happen because in a normal world, we would already say we're in a recession based on two quarters of negative growth. The reason that the feds are not saying that, again, the feds don't call the recession, it's NBER, but the reason that they're saying this publicly, so hopefully the NBER will follow it, uh, both the feds and the treasury, that the labor market is strong, the income is still very strong. And so we're not technically in the recession. That's the party line that people are saying, and it's a nonpartisan party line. It's the financial um, cronyism party line. So what do you do about it? That's the most important thing. Again, you don't wait for the headlines. If you think that there might be an economic storm like a recession on the horizon, you take action now to protect your wealth. And it's not all, and it's not nothing. So as we are doing in our pie chart system, again, you stay properly diversified. You definitely want to consider overweighting safe. So if you're 30, pretend you're 50. If you're 50, pretend you're 70. What does that do? That limits your losses. If you are protecting 70% of your wealth, you have 30% at risk and the market's dropped by, by half, you've lost 15%, not half of your wealth that affords you the opportunity and the liquidity to buy low. So if we start seeing the indicators that we have actually hit the bottom and that we might be coming out of it, we'll take that 20% overweight off. And not only do you have the liquidity that you already had by overweighting safe, you, know, you now can deploy that to start filling up your slices. Another thing you can do is you can use the hot slices to help protect your wealth and keep it buoyant. So you could say, okay, I think that utilities or consumer staples or something that people will continue to pay in recessions will do better. They could still go down in value, but they might do better than the rest of the market. So maybe I'll have a hot slice of utilities. Maybe I'll try something that could go up if the markets could go down. Now in the initial phases of a bear market, gold gets drugged down. Uh, cryptocurrency is another kind of safe haven, that emotional safe haven that people think about. It gets drugged down initially. Copper gets drugged down initially. Um, so all of these safe havens do get drugged down, but they tend to be the first to start the recovery and they're far more robust. So you could think about that too, although I would definitely 
wait to do any of my buys right now. And actually on my, um, this morning I had, you know, a, a money show seminar webinar with a couple of my colleagues. And one of the things that I had on my sell list was Southern Copper, Boeing and Ford. Now, once we hit the bottom, Copper is gonna be the first one to recover. At that point, I might be really interested in Peru and Chile, which were uh, countries that did extremely well in 2021, but we're underweighting in 2022. So in terms of country diversification, we're thinking now about Indonesia and Colombia, Ireland, uh, Australia. So countries that have uh, some sort of competitive edge, and that's another way to get diversified and protect yourself. So remember, at your age, overweight, um, consider overweighting at least 20% safe, be properly diversified, in your hots, think about including things that can remain buoyant if the markets go down or that might go up. They'll, they might initially get drugged down in the first part of the recession, but they might then be really robust recovery. And that your safe plan is that overweighting safe. And remember that rebalancing. When we talk about the pie chart system, we say regular rebalancing. I, I would say, you know, I've been saying for about the past two years, three times a year, end of, end of April, end of September, end of December. So if you have not rebalanced in a while, again, you mock up a pie chart of what you have. So you make sure that you see it in slice format. You mock up a pie chart of what you should have. And if your slices are too big, it's saying sell high. If your slices are too small, Again, I would be overweighting safe. So chances are, if you haven't over, if you haven't rebalanced in a while, your slices are too big. But if you do have slices that are too small, you might say, maybe I'll fill those up at the end of September. We'll see what the summer has to say about it. So in general, the reason that the markets rallied today, even though we had a contraction in GDP, is that the general uh, language that was released to the public was that we're not in a recession. But we don't know that because the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, they're not the ones that get to call whether or not we're in a recession. It's the NBER. They're signaling that to keep everybody calm and also to say to the NBER, you know, hey, you don't have to say we're in a recession because you've got to really factor in these two other things. So if the NBER decides that we're in a recession and they put that out, again, that could be weeks from now. Um, the markets will react. It's very, very possible that they could react very quickly and that would be a downtrend. So I would be concerned about the summer. There certainly are things that can happen over the summer. That's uh, when a lot of bad news tends to get buried. So um, yeah, I would definitely be defensive, but also buoyant, well diversified and have a rebalancing plan in place. Remember, you can contact our office um, if you're interested in a second opinion and having someone mock up your pie chart and let you know, um, you know, if your slices are too big or not, or if your safe is safe enough, I'm happy to do that. I do that in my coaching packages. So just email info at nataliepace.com with second opinion in the subject line. Also remember that the pie chart system with regular rebalancing, not only is it a buy low sell high plan on autopilot that protects your wealth in bear markets, um, it's also taking the emotions out of it. Remember, if you're just working off your brokerage statements, it's jacking your emotions in the opposite direction of where you should be headed. 
Now also, we are hosting our uh, investor educational retreat. The next one isn't until October. But, and you might say, oh, well, that's too far if you're saying, you know, you want us to get safe before um, summer. I do, if the sooner you register, the better, because I do have a four-part webinar. And it talks about what's safe in a debt world when bonds are losing money and are illiquid and negative yielding. It talks about even budgeting, how to save thousands of annually in your budget with smarter energy choices. Even in, a, in this crazy inflationary world, if you can start learning ways to stop making the landlord, uh, the you know mortgage company, the utility, the gas station, if you can stop making all these other billion dollar corporations, some of them um, you know trillion dollar corporations rich at your own expense, keep more of that money for yourself, that's gonna help as well. So that four part webinar series talks about what's safe, how to get properly diversified and protect your wealth in your retirement plan and your brokerage accounts, um, and also even in your budget. So again, the sooner you register for the retreat, the faster you get access to that webinar. And if you really want to uh, just know what you own and be the boss of your money and start getting uh, protected now, then consider getting a second opinion from me personally, email info at nataliepace.com. All right, I'm gonna show you where you can watch this back. Those of you that are coming in a little bit late, remember, you can always listen to it at a podcast on my Apple Podcasts. So just go to nataliepace.com and click on Apple Podcasts. If you wanna access uh, ones that we've had in the past, our hot industry of the year, the risk of recession, crypto, hot countries, et cetera, all of that is available just by clicking on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you really want the webinar version that includes some of the charts that I'm talking about, then click on and go to youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. And there, the one that comes up is my most recent webinar. So the most recent one was the hot industry of the year, but you can also access some of the other ones, crypto, hot countries, risk of recession, that sort of thing, very easily on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. And again, uh, the last thing I'll say is that you can follow me on all the social because what I do is I, even this morning, the first thing that I did was when GDP was issued at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, you know, I immediately posted that on Twitter so that it goes on my Twitter feed. So if you're following nataliepace.com, then you will see the most recent relevant news along with uh, a blog or some other web page that you might want to go ahead and click on. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and stop there. And uh, remember, if you have questions that you want me to answer in the video conference, be sure to email info at nataliepace.com with your question, we'll add it to our list. Um, today, I have to end and run and we have no preview of questions. So I'm gonna go ahead and take advantage of having to get to this movie premiere that I have to get to, but we are here for you. And the bottom line is that recessions are a series of unfortunate events. It's very, very, very important to make sure that you have yourself properly protected on the at-risk side in the stock market and in the uh, safe side, because what's traditionally considered safe is losing money and could be very problematic for you. So the bottom line is you have to know what you own and why now, and you have to be the boss of your money now.
Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. It's Natalie Pace, nataliepace.com and protect your wealth. You'll be happy you did. Now's the time.